It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome, this is Jeff Smith, and I'm so glad you could be here today with us on the podcast. I've got Jennifer Owen O'Quill. We're sitting right next to each other. Jennifer, welcome. It's good to see you, Jeff. Oh, it's great to see you. Jennifer's been teaching all morning. I've had a couple yeah. coaching sessions, so haven't had a chance to say hi to you, so welcome. Hello. I know we're going through a lot of changes this week ourselves, personally and professionally, so it's fun to be here and have this conversation. Yeah, today. and that's the theme of the day, the challenge of change, our top five lessons learned. So Jennifer works at Voltage and uh, does some just amazing work facilitating, coaching, speaking, uh, strategic planning, and so I'm looking forward to hearing her lessons learned around change, and I'm sure I'll throw in a few along the way as well. So um, we are live today, so if you'd like to get in touch with us, call one 866 472-5788. You can also send us an email. I'll check it a couple times throughout the show at jeff at voltageleadership.com. Our website's voltageleadership.com, as well as you can like us on Facebook at Voltage Leadership, or you can connect with me at Jeff Smith, Voltage Leadership Consulting on LinkedIn, as well as connect with Jennifer Owen O'Quill on LinkedIn. And you can follow me on Twitter at JMU Jeff. Now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about a few changes going on in our world. So Jennifer and I beforehand were listening to some music, and uh, she was uh, her favorite uh, change song here was "Ball of Confusion" by The Temptations. So we're going old school, so we're having some fun with that. I told her mine is "We Didn't Start the Fire" by Billy Joel. Just the chaos of that song. Plus, if you listen to the lyrics from the 1980s, you could almost lift them and put them into 2017. But probably my all-time favorite is "Changes" by David Bowie, and uh, you know, just love that. And wish David was still around to uh, be producing. Some more music for us. Some changes going on this week uh, for me. Um, so my oldest uh, daughter, Olivia, graduates from high school Friday morning at 9 a.m. So that's a big change, Jennifer. You know, that's a big change. Big change for your whole family, and you oh. don't. We don't really see the whole landscape of how one change in a person's life affects the whole fabric of a family, but that is for sure true. Yeah, and you know, we'll get a real taste of it. Um, she goes off to college in the fall to, to Duke University to study some engineering, and uh, almost immediately her younger brother will have his birthday, and he's already like, Olivia won't be here for my birthday. And it's like, yeah, it, it all changes. Uh, I think the, uh, my second daughter, uh, Caroline, is going to feel it the most because Olivia's been driving her to school. So if she's got to figure out a way to get school for the first like four or five weeks before she starts driving. So we will be talking about change today. Um, you know, just a reminder, too, that uh, June 15th, uh, our book will be out. So you'll be able to buy it on Amazon and other places. But if you want to reserve a copy, you can go to VoltageLeadership.com and you can see the, the book there. You can pre-order it. Again, the book is From Aha to All In, Life Lessons from an Unexpected Entrepreneur. And so we'll be having John on the show in July to talk about um, uh, some of the lessons that he learned and some of our best practices that we learned even writing the book. So here we go. Let's talk about change that we're seeing and what do we see in the world? So, you know, I guess, Jennifer, let's start from, you know, what, what made you think about talking about this today on the show? Well, I find that the pace of change is pretty intense out there in the world, and there's a lot of instability and uncertainty in a, a number of organizations that we work in for a variety of reasons. And dealing with that creates this interesting tension of 
wow, any of a variety of changes might take place. There are 15 directions we might have to pivot to, and we're not pivoting to any of them. So there's this, there's this odd tension at the moment, mm-hmm. um, but people can feel that undercurrent of we're preparing for change. <laughs> And I don't know which way I'm going to be going. And then there's some other there's some other organizations where the changes is coming very quickly. And and so in both of those in both of those um, situations, the thought of wow, there is just a lot that people are dealing with right now. As uh, that's both that they come in with the, the our world is changing. It feels pretty rapidly. So yeah. I just think people are walking into the workplace coping with change, let alone the change that's there. Yeah. And I, you know, just like I started with, uh, you know, my daughter, you know, right. never mind. It look, it could look like I'm resisting some sort of change that you're bringing up to me in the workplace when it may have nothing to do with that. It just may be like, Oh my gosh, you know, I've got to deal with, uh, you know, my mom, you know, needing healthcare or, you know, kids are going off to a new school or six other things that have happened before you even get into the workplace. Much less now in the workplace, we are changing faster and faster. We're being asked to work on new types of software, work with people all around the world, have people that are virtually based, and be able to somehow navigate all that change to get the best results possible. So, you know, we kind of titled this, you know, the challenge of change, our top five lessons learned. Where do you want to go next? Do you want to start with some lessons or you want to shape up change first? Where would you like to go? Uh, I think I'd like to start um, with a, a... Principle. A principle. Is this the principle of school or principles? Principle, like something to keep in mind. Okay, well, good. Go for it. So whenever we want to navigate change, to me, there needs to be a north, a true north in that. And and the true north isn't just the vision. The true north is also what stays the same. Hmm. What's the touchstone for people? So as you're thinking about uh, all of the things that you, that the, the world that it could be, that it should be, the business that you want to pursue, the organization of the future. We're all very, as leaders, often engaged by that. Mm -hmm. To really attend to and begin with, what should stay the same? What are really the things that matter, that ground us? What are the ground rules at how we're going to be together? What are the things that people can count on? There's a Because that's the beginning for the willingness to change, mm-hmm. knowing that there's a place to tether yourself while everything's changing. So the Smith family is still the Smith family, and we still have the same values, and we'll be together at Christmas, right? Those are the things that you can look forward to, that you can set out. These things won't change. And there's a lot of other things that are moving around. So focusing the attention on the things that will remain the same mm-hmm. is a helpful way to open a doorway to the possibilities of what then can change. Oh, I love that. So you're saying she's not coming home for Thanksgiving? Oh, man, I'm going to cry right here. <laughs> I, you know? don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I knew I could count on her being open so, you know, I think that's a great one uh, that I use often with my folks I coach and the, the groups I interact with. It's sometimes we get so hung up in that there's this little change or mid-sized change. Oh, my God, everything's changing. And it's like, hold on. Let's talk about what's not changing. Let's talk about, hey, you're still working with the same group or, you know, here's how we work together. Hey, Understand that, yes, lots of change is coming and it happens, but there is some stability. There are things that happen so that people can understand, hey, we're going to try to break down this change in digestible pieces. But look, 80% of what you're doing is still the same. So let's not get overworked up. Right. Okay, good. I like that as a principle. What else you got for us? Uh, 
Well, a tool for that um, is is setting some ground rules. It isn't just what's going to stay the same in the organization, but how are we going to be together while we're navigating this change? Oh. What can I count on with you? Mm-hmm. And you can pull up and do that. It takes five minutes. Sure. How do we, what do we need to do to be together? And different teams can might need different things. Uh, I, I was working with a group who was telling me that um, uh, for each particular team that they have, they have a set of ground rules that is just for that team. So it's not the whole company has a set of expectations about how we're going to be together. But this group works in this way. We need to accomplish these things. And so this is how we're going to be together. Mm-hmm. And the specificity of it makes it real. Wow. Yeah. So... Yeah, I was just with a group this uh, past weekend. They they were um, uh, over at Carillion and doing some strategic planning with the psychiatry area. And what they were working on is how they're going to get to their vision 2020. So I know that's a topic we'll get to, some vision and how do you uh, navigate towards vision. But what was really helpful, too, for them was um, they use this exercise. It comes from CCL, Looking Glass Experience or Visual Explore. It took a picture of where are we today and where are we going to be in 2020? And just being able to have the conversation about what's the shared understanding of where are we today? Because we all kind of are so busy. We're going through our lives. Do we have a shared understanding of even today before we introduce a change? And so you kind of use a concept called touchstone, like where are we today, right? Well, I think it's important for us to, before we go too far into change, to say, okay, what's our shared understanding? Now, what's it look like in 2020? And you do this visually. And then to say, okay, so... We have a lot of different visions, but let's start to share what are the commonalities of the vision and how do we get from the the reality of today to the vision of there, that co-creating. And I think what was important was that they took a moment to say about today before they spent all their time into the future. Right. Yeah. That's really important. Mm-hmm. That And that shared understanding of current reality. You can't really cast a vision about where you're going if you don't know what the differential is because you don't know what what you have before you. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think part of this is um, uh, I use a, a tool that um, I'm sure we'll talk about some other tools here along the way, but something called a pre-mortem as well. Mm. And, and it's a little bit about what are some of the things that as we navigate the change might go wrong. So we spend a lot of time in the post-mortem and we analyze. Hard to change that. But the pre-mortem is, you know, as we start to get a shared understanding, what is it that we think might not work in the change and say that up front because we're not emotional yet. Yes, we feel some things, but it actually hasn't happened yet. You know, so I'll give you an example. Um, it's possible that we might have to argue over resources three months from now. So when we hit that, let's talk about it now when we're not emotionally connected to the resource and we're able to say, when we hit that, we're going to decide at this group setting and we'll have a vote or we're going to do, you know, it, it's a matter of who requested it first. I don't care what they say. As much as it is, let's get ahead of it and know that we're going to have conflict as change happens. What are some of the things that we could expect and get in front of it? So being able to do a pre-mortem often will help a group get to thinking about, well, what are the possibilities? And gets them a little bit more excited too, knowing that we'll deal with some of the conflict and we came up with a plan. I love that. That is brilliant. 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 I love it. You have any last tip before we go to a break here? Anything that you want to share? I, I want to hover around this co-creating. We've mm. thrown that word around a couple of times. I think that's something important to come back to. What does that mean? It sounds kind of soft. and Is that really a soft, fluffy word, or does that really mean something? So what, what, what do you mean when you say co-create, and what is, how do I apply that in my setting? 
doing, you know, when I'm leading my team or working with folks. Does that mean you just give the decision away? Or does that mean that everybody gets a say? Or or does that mean I'll lose the power of the vision? Or what if the thing I need to have happen doesn't happen? Sure. Well, that's a great cliffhanger. So it let's uh, let's pick up that uh, in two minutes. So we'll come back from a two-minute break, and we'll answer some questions about co-creating. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. I'm here today with Jennifer Owen Oakwell from uh, Voltage Leadership, and we're having a great conversation around the challenge of change and some of our top lessons learned. So right before the break, Jennifer was asking about uh, co-creation and, and what is it? Is that soft word and all that? You know, the, so the, the definition of co-create is to do something jointly. You know, create something jointly. Okay. And when I think about that in the context of vision, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's really about how do we get a group of people together? It can be two, it can be five, it can be 10. And we get our best ideas and there's not one right way. There's not one right path. It is how do we come up with the best of both of what people are thinking about? Where do we need to take the company and considering everything, your SWOT analysis to your strategic plan, all that. But it's a conversation where there's not the answer from one side or the other, it's kind of that Venn diagram of the stuff in the middle mm-hmm. in a Venn diagram, that's co-creation. That's a great Jennifer. answer. I like that answer. And there is a way that um, you know it when it's happening mm-hmm. because everybody feels some ownership, but nobody is the owner. Yeah. <laughs> or, 
or the uh, dictator of the vision. Yes. Yeah. So that's the, uh, you know, I think you, you see that there is engagement and there's excitement and we're probably getting the best ideas. What's some of the downfalls or pitfalls that you might see in co-creation though? It takes time. Oh, it takes time. It does. It takes time. It's just if easier it, for me to say, go do this, right? Right. This is what I want. And you have to share your toys. Oh. It's hard to share your toys. Yeah. Daggummit. I know. And, and I think it's hard for people to have the thing that's in their imagination um, get messed with. Mm. People really like there's something so pure about the idea that we have in our mind yeah. uh, and we can become very attached to those things. Um, yeah. I, th- I find that people really contend for a vision that they feel strongly for. And there's whole organizations that are built around, we're going to follow Bob. Right. And it's Bob's way or the highway. Right. And if you don't, can't figure out how to follow Bob, you won't be successful here. We yeah. just follow Bob. But what happens when Bob's gone? Do you right. have thinking people in the organization? <laughs> or do you need another Bob? What, what if Bob's wrong? Right. You know, and everyone else sees it, but Bob is the guy or the woman or whomever that leads and will people speak up. And having worked with enough Bobs yes. and a layer below Bob, the, the quick answer is generally no. You know, the, the, the we tend to protect ourselves. So I think... What to watch for um, on co-creating is making sure you have the right set of people, right? It will take a little bit more time, but allowing people. So if you're a leader that normally dictates and you're used to being the guy or the woman that comes from off the top of the mountain and brings down the, the vision, you know, what's going to happen is you might get some compliance, but you're probably not going to get commitment. And so it can become a flavor of the month. Like, Here's what I want everyone to do. And everyone does it for about 27 days. And then they watch Bob or Jennifer or whomever. And if they turn their attention someplace else, maybe they weren't really bought in. And so the benefit of co-creating is that I was there. I understood. I understand why we're doing what we're doing. And you get that bought in commitment. Whereas when someone comes and just drops the vision on you, you know, the change on you, at best you get compliance. You know, so I think that's one of the first lessons is, if you co-create, it leads to better engagement. Yes, there's more time, but invest the time on the front end because that will get engagement and make the change leadership easier. Right. Jennifer. Well, a vision shared beats a vision cast. Oh, I'll repeat that for me. A vision shared beats a vision cast. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yes. And, and the way that you can tell and identify whether you're really allowing vision to be co-created is, is the question that's being asked and answered around the table a what question or a how question. Ah, if, you, if people are allowed to ask, what should we do? What are the problems that need to be solved? What are the issues that are before us? What is the big idea, right? right? Mm-hmm. If they're allowed to engage with those questions, it's a direction of mind that you want in your leaders. Yeah. And to be allowed to wrestle with that, the selection process, if a good leader is able to shape a selection process like that, um, to be able to get maybe to the answer that, is that they believe is best that's how that's the role of the leader but having everybody engage in the what question is really important Mm -hmm. there might be a question that needs to be answered that's really pivotal for for the marketplace that you didn't think to ask right so if everybody's asking the what questions we can make sure we ask the right ones if you're only asking how questions or Mm -hmm. only allowing people you bring the what to the table and they only ever get to wrestle with the how that's Implementation. Yeah. That's not um, making sure that they're part of the vision. Yeah. So we've got some um, 
Um, good questions around sort of co-creating. We've got a vision. So once we have the vision, how do we make sure that everyone really buys into the vision, right? So if they co-create it, that certainly mm-hmm. helps. But, you know, I, I often work with, you know, you see a vision kind of created over there in the corner among seven or eight people. And then they bring it out and they, 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 they get the song and dance. And, you know, let's say Bob is our boss again. You know, so Bob brings it up and, you know, he comes forth and, you know, gets up on the stage and gives a rah-rah speech. So let's even say Bob does a nice job, right? Yes. Does a rah-rah speech. Woo-hoo-hoo. Does that mean now we've all heard it? We had the company meeting that the vision is cast and we're following it. The vision is cast, but we're not following it. Why not? Well, because it isn't ours yet. Right? It's Bob's? It's Bob's. <sighs> Even though we co-created it because it's still Bob and Bob's posse. <laughs> Bob and posse. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So communication is about more than just telling people. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Right? So communication is also about the conversations that we have mm-hmm. because there still might be some more to uncover some more pre-mortem to do, as you said, sure. right? some more things to work out. How do you engage people in a conversation? It isn't how many emails that you send or how many pretty pamphlets that you make with the vision in it that communicates to people. It's also how you engage people around what it means for them. Yes. Um, so, you, yes, you can push the thinking, but how do you pull mm. for both understanding but also what matters to them? Yes. So it, it, it has to land. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how the, how the thinking landed, you don't have uh, two important data points. You don't have, do they understand me? And what do they really want and aspire to and are passionate about? And what's, what's the creativity locked in them that I'm missing? Mm. So you got to pull both of those things to really complete the circuit of excitement in it. Okay, so we're, we're talking about how do we get this thing communicated. So what Jennifer said, I want to just extract, is really wise. Often we push, right? And so we come up with a vision, and then we push it out there, and we just kind of truthfully, we hope that it gets there. So that is, you know, the town hall meeting. That is the, the email. In general, they say for us to really hear and start to embody the change, it takes about seven times hearing about the change that's being asked of us in four to five different forms. So think about this. Jennifer's just talked about push. Now the pull is maybe you go to a manager's meeting with the team, and that is an open discussion to say, tell me what you heard about the change. What concerns do you have? What excites you about the change? What do you think you have to do differently about change? You're starting to pull understanding and pull from them. What did they hear? You're also getting great knowledge to say, what do we need to go back up to and recast? Because maybe someone did get translated. Sometimes you just miss some things like we didn't consider this in the marketplace. And so making sure that you have both push and pull communication techniques when you're leading change is a critical lesson learned. Right. I like to, the image that came to my mind while you were talking was the image of a well, actually. And if you're, if you drop a a bucket into a well, uh, do you gather, you have, obviously the bucket is what contains the thing that you need, right? So it's the vision that comes down, but you have to pull up the water. But notice what happens oftentimes, particularly in those older wells, when you pull up that old bucket, it's usually wooden and it leaks. The mm. water pours right out of it. So you got to keep doing that. you got to keep dipping back in and dipping back in to make sure that you're actually communicating what it is that you want to accomplish and that you're also um, not just selling it. You know, vision leaks, and you can't just push it. You can't just sell it. You have to be able to engage with it in a conversation. Yeah, here's a line. Uh, a good book for you to read if you're interested in this is Switch 
by Chip and Dan Heath. Again, Switch by Chip and Dan Heath. And they've got a great line in it. Resistance is often um, just a lack of clarity. And what I want to talk about that is that as you're casting this vision, as you're working with folks, you should be really understanding, is that resistance? Or are people asking these questions because they're really unclear? And so remember, a change that you're introducing, you probably had months of getting ready for it or weeks of getting ready for it, thinking through, asking questions, challenging peers and all that. Now you turn and you're going to ask someone to show up and do different behaviors and do a lot of different things. And so what you're seeing is, I'm just unclear. Like, what, what is it you want me to do? Because I used to do this, and maybe you haven't gotten down to the specificity of what I need to do differently. Now, if they're still resisting six months later and they're asking the same questions, that's resistance. But when you see some people asking the how questions and, you know, exactly what do you want me to do and how do you want me to do it and how will you measure me on that, that's not resistance often. That is actually saying, I'm engaging with you. I want to work with you, but I'm unclear. And so you might view that as resistance and think, oh, my gosh. I would say lean into it, give a few specifics now, and help the person be able to do the right kind of things. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think about all of those things that you just said happened because the leader was asking questions, was being curious about how things were landing. Right. And be curious about how things are landing. Go and ask questions, have conversations, because you'll have the opportunity to refine and communicate again what was already said. We stop listening when we come up against something that makes us anxious and change makes us anxious. So about three sentences into that beautiful speech that whoever gave (laughs) at the front right there, they stopped listening when it started to feel personal and they didn't hear anything after that. Mm -hmm. So you got to say it again and again and again Mm -hmm. to make sure the whole message gets communicated. I wrote that down, Jennifer. What's in it for me? Like if you're not helping me understand what's in it for me and what, whether that's I'm going to change, what behaviors is good, is it bad? If it doesn't get down to like how does it affect my life and what's going to make it be done differently? I'm just kind of, you know, I'm dazed and confused and not really sure. I might, depending on how I react to change, I might sit this one out, you know, just kind of wait. You know, is this still going to be around 30 days from now? So the more that you can say, this is how it's going to impact each person. And often what you want to do there is let the managers have those kind of conversations. So it isn't a one-time, let's have that conversation at a senior management town hall. It's going to be helping managers to be able to translate and be translators. So a lesson learned is empower your managers and bring them in so they can be change ambassadors for you because they're the ones that will help reinforce your change. I like that. Change ambassadors. Change ambassadors. Absolutely. So, uh, Jennifer, we've we've hit some really good lessons learned. I think what we'll do is we'll continue to do that. We'll give you some more practical tools and tips on exactly how we've seen people be successful at change. In the meantime, it's time for another break. So we'll take a two-minute break, and we'll talk to you on the other side. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. 
Aliens with Gas. We are the extraterrestrial rock show airing every Saturday afternoon on the voiceamerica.com variety channel. <laughs> Whatever happens out and about, it kind of dictates our conversation. For sure. And we like to tie in a little bit of the past and obviously keep it real current. And real current was a couple nights ago right here in Phoenix. A phenomenon happened. On Thursday night. Phenomenon. Do, 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 do. <laughs> phenomenon. Do, 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 do. Phenomenon. Do, do. All right, never mind. <laughs> That's every Saturday right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. I've got Jennifer Owen O'Quill uh, with me today. She'll be on the show the whole time. So, Jennifer, so glad you could be with us today. It's good to be here. It's yeah. a beautiful day. Oh, man. We, we do something right on Tuesdays yeah. in Roanoke. That's all I can say. That's right. <laughs> it's That's always right. so beautiful. It's not beautiful every day. It rained yesterday, but boy, you know, days, days of the show. So, after the show, we'll have to get outside and play a little bit yeah. here. Go for a run. Yeah. So, we've been talking about uh, change and some of our best lessons learned and all that. You know, I'm curious as we, as we sort of go through it, we talked about a little bit about, um, you know, change ambassadors and uh, as well as we're probably heading towards implementation. Where would you like to go next? Well, I, I was caught by uh, what role do you think change ambassadors play in implementation? I was I that that idea caught me. What do you mean? What are they doing? Oh, I love change ambassadors. And so here's what I mean. I'm thinking back to even, um, gosh, 10 years ago in my career when I was a little bit more than that actually now, working at Capital One, we were doing a massive change. And so we actually called people change ambassadors. So it was a real term. And uh, their role was to be out there and to reinforce the core concepts of what we were trying to, to get done. And so these were not management folks. These were folks that we invited to help us be able to understand we, what we were doing is changing the way we're going to do business. We're changing some of our core processes and how we're going to get things to our customers. We're going to change pretty dramatically. And so we had these folks in on design meetings. So they're helping to co-create. They were there when we were unsure of how to move forward. And so when we went out to actually um, ask people to do different things, we had the change ambassadors go out. We gave them a little training on how to communicate effectively, how to facilitate a group discussion. And they went out and led conversations among their peers and said, no, that's not the way it is at all. Like when people push back, oh, management just wants us to do this or X, Y, and Z. They're like, that wasn't the case at all. We actually wanted to do this. This wasn't on a management. We, the folks that are going to be doing this job. So it's trying to get people that will have influence 
and be able to get others to buy into change, involved as early as possible, and then equipping them with the tools to lead others. That is so important. And I, the, other, the other word I caught when you were talking about change ambassadors is that they went out and they led conversations. Yes. They went out and led engagement and they did it firsthand as peers with folks to try to keep listening, keep asking questions and staying curious, but also communicating what the vision is, what the values are, what the process is, so that it's so that there's it's there's clear mechanism for where you take your curiosity, your anxiety, your fear, your frustration, your ideas, where you bring that. Every change process as you think about, I'm going to turn a moment toward um, implementation, but every change process needs to have some um, steam valves, right? Yeah, sure. Because it's, it's, it's like your, it's like your com- a combustion engine or something where you just need a way to release that energy out into the world and planning for that, for that natural um, force of change creates tension in people and they need mm-hmm. a place to expel and express that. So creating these ambassadors is a way to do that. It's very wise. It's a little bit of diplomacy in the middle of a change process. Yeah, I like it. So we're talking implementation. I'll just start with a couple of my you know, favorite best practices and ideas. Um, one of them is a boundary exercise. <laughs> and here's what I mean. As you're starting implementation, it can be tempting to say we're going to go back to what we used to do. A boundary exercise is, um, you know, this is when uh, sometimes folks, um, this comes back from the Vikings. They would go and they would land and they would burn their ship because they were going to take over. And so you couldn't go back. You got to go conquer the land you're in. So burn the burn your ship and go solve the world here. Go conquer. In the corporate world, here's some examples. You burn the manual. You know, so whatever the old process was, you know, literally I've seen people go and have a bonfire. You know, when they've changed to a new brand, they might take all the stuff that has, you know, your the logos and your, you know, your email, I mean, your uh, mail and all that and burn it. Get rid of it. We are changing. We can't go back now. You're seeing it. You know, I led one change effort where a group was moving from one um, building to another building and the, the old building was going to be destroyed. And so we went and painted a mural and everyone wrote beautiful things to say that they were leaving. And then they allowed that to sort of be there for a month or so before the building was demolished. But it was a way to say goodbye to the building. Right. We're not going back. Right. Write all your notes. Do what you do what you need to do. You know, I've seen others, you know, go out and, uh, you know, hit on something or knock something down. It sounds like we're violent. I don't mean it that way. But the more that you can show we are actually changing will help in the implementation. People skip over the grief of change mm. in the business world because it because they want to get it done, because they want the results. The leader, is, the leader already took the time. Uh, the grieving that the leader did at the beginning to initiate the change was they were frustrated already and said goodbye to whatever was before they even started with the change process. But your people didn't go through that process mm-hmm. with you. They weren't up at night being done with it. Right. <laughs> it wasn't in their rearview mirror. It was right. their life. They're actually and, maybe enthusiastic. It's working. Things right. are fine. Good. Right. It may the not paycheck. be perfect. They may not be perfect, but it's working. Right. And so when we skip over the yeah. loss of mm-hmm. what we knew to be true. When you skip over that over and over and over again and you turn into a little speed demon of change, you accumulate something very powerful that you don't want. And that's called resentment. Yeah. And that resentment creates disengagement, 
creates distance and creates people that are op- the opposite of change ambassadors. Right. They're the change disruptors. They're yeah. the people that are going to get in your way. And so giving them a place to really be real and say, this is hard. Yeah. We're going to lose things that we like and enjoy. Here are some ways that they're so important to us, but we need to move how this gets expressed in the organization. So yes, it may be that the value of, of this event we've always had, game afternoon, is really, that that's still important, but we're too big. Right. So how are we going to value that in the organization, but move it into a new context that shows that we still carry that, that it needs to be reinterpreted. Yeah. So the, the lesson is it gives some space for people to grieve the, the, the change. Right. Right. Um, so she called a speed demon. I often call it the Tarzan swing. You know, when we announce a change, <laughs> don't swing over, expect everyone to be ex- immediately excited about it. Right. You weren't, you know, just, just as Jennifer talked about, it took you a moment to be like, Oh, I guess we got to change this. This isn't working anymore. So you and the people you co-created with had time. So give people a little bit of time to understand, get comfortable with the new change. You're going to be there to help move them along. If you're the Tarzan swing and you, and you announce it, expect them to show up the next day all excited about it, just not right. You know. And then this depends by styles. I'm a high influencer. You know, I tend to get bigger and want more personality when maybe what they wanted was data and facts and what's the next step. And so really understand who you're leading and are you helping them through the change? So one of the things I talk about here is being able to give the first couple steps. Uh, again, I'm going back to this uh, book from Chip and Dan Heath uh, called Switch. And they talk about this from a, when they were trying, this is uh, an example from two cards that you go when you get car washes. And at one car wash, they gave you a thing that had eight state, eight punches that you would get before you get a free car wash. Across town, very similar demographic. They did one that had 10, but they punched the first two for you. So once you got to 10 or eight, you got a free car wash. Well, the interesting part was the one that was the eight, but didn't have any punches, folks only converted about 19% of the time. And it took them on average, I don't remember exactly, but 10 or 11 months. Whereas the other one that was already punched twice and you gave them two and you taught them how to do it, it was converted about 50% of the time and normally only in about six or seven months. And the reason why was you've taught them the behavior. You've showed them, hey, here's the first couple steps. So when you're in implementation mode, what are the first couple steps? If we've already done it, maybe before you even announce the change, you get a couple of things done. Like we've already started to do this. We've already started to work with this other department. We've already started to do you know this kind of work. And you say, wow, look at that. Now the next step is this. And you know how to do that. And people will, will have confidence in the change because they've already gotten three punches. It felt like they were 30% of the way there instead of 12.5% of the way there. And people, even though it was the same number of punches, right. they really believed it. So for listeners, what I want you to be thinking about is you're introducing change. How can you give credit for the first couple of punches so few, people feel like they're on the way? That is so smart. Just people do need to feel like there's some momentum. Mm -hmm. And what I would add to that is to um, pause and check your work, even though you want to keep the momentum going, if, if, if to come back and check in and make sure things are still going well so that you can course correct. If you have, uh, I was traveling this last week to, uh, to 
Bush Gardens with my family. And I missed my turn. Oops. And I ended up in Harrisonburg. There I was at JMU. Surprise, surprise. I was like, oh. I'd like to say I'm shocked by this revelation, but keep going. <laughs> all right, all right. So, uh, so I'm turning around, right? But I didn't check my work early enough yeah. to notice that I was off track. So if the leader doesn't check back miles in, off track, right, but, keep going. but it's only 25 miles off track. It could have been worse. I could have yeah, going on Winchester know. or whatever, <laughs> Pennsylvania. But if a leader doesn't check back in, you can have your course correction be quite dramatic. I could right. have been in another state, right? Yeah. Like Pennsylvania had to turn around and come back. You're only that, about 40 miles from another state, but keep going. That's right. But that was not as bad as it could have been, right? Mm-hmm. So been nice if I'd caught it. 20 miles earlier, but oh well, that's what happened. So check in and see how people are doing as they're going along and then give them another piece of it. You know, what can you do next? Ask, sure. Come in with a set of questions and maybe give them another little step to get them going on their way. Uh, the reason I'm laughing is that uh, Jennifer ended up in my hometown. That's why I know where all these things are. So, right. you know, she went about a half an hour out of her way, but life happens. That's a great one um, that I want to build on. And it's called I call frequently asked questions. Um, the way to really get people through change during implementation is that you can be hearing things from all different parts of the organization. So the more that you can be polling people and putting out frequently asked questions and and go ahead and front load, you know, right from the beginning, hey, we might not know the answers. You don't have to say that you know the answer when you're on stage or answering the question or sending an email. You can say, wow, great question. We'll be back in touch with an update on Friday. So we're sitting here on Tuesday. That doesn't mean you have to have an answer on Friday. What you have to do on Friday is come back and say, hey, you've asked some great questions. Here's the ones we can answer. And here's the ones we're still researching. And that just gives us that confidence as you lead through change that you're listening, that you're adapting, and that you're really taking in feedback. The changes that I see don't go well are when we announce it. And then when something doesn't go right, we start to blame the user or the person implementing the change instead of being there to really listen and say, okay, it didn't go quite like we thought it would in implementation. But what are you learning where you are and how do I get that information to other parts of the business? And again, in your pre-mortem, you should expect that. You should expect that it is not going to implement flawlessly because when was the last time something went perfectly as planned? Not in my lifetime, but it will, I'm sure. Okay, maybe not. So, Jennifer, this is a great discussion. So, when we come back, we'll give you our sort of our best tools and tips to take with you to help you navigate change. So, we're coming up against our last break. We'll see you in two minutes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Are you finding your frequency? 
It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. So glad you could be with us. We've got Jennifer Owen O'Quill here today. And um, let's just go through some of our lessons learned and best practices. So I'll just give you the themes from today. So the first is um, co-create with the people on your team and around you. So as you're thinking about change, go and co-create. Make sure that there is a shared vision. So you're going to co-create around that shared vision. So making sure that there's a good vision. The next step is making sure that it's communicated well. Remember sort of that, that guideline of seven times for communication to really be uh, heard, interpreted, and felt in probably four to five different forums, channels, communication vehicles. Next comes implementation and making sure that you've thought through what are some of the best practices, frequently asked questions, taking time to give them the first couple steps, uh, doing a check-in, maybe it's a pulse survey on how the change is going. The final one we really haven't hit, but uh, it, it reminds me of uh, Cool and the Gang. It's celebrate good times. <laughs> so on. it's a celebration, right? And often we don't do that. Woo, woo. <laughs> I like it from the background. So what what will happen is that we don't take the time. We, we'll do all that hard work, and then it, bam, we're right on to the next change. That's right. And Jennifer was talking earlier. I, I call them the Tarzan swing. Jennifer calls it the speed demon. That's what happens. That's where resentment can come is that you're on to the next change. So don't forget celebration, right, Jennifer? And that way you enjoy and celebrate and savor the moment and energize yourself. Mm-hmm. It, recognizing people is so important. Absolutely. And the hard work that they did. And, and it takes a moment. Uh, you've gotten all the way to the top of the mountains. Stop and look around for a minute. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. There's going to be another change, I promise. <laughs> but savoring this one and pausing to party is good. Truthfully, you're probably, most of you are in three or four changes at a time. Right. You know, uh, significant changes to the organization, restructuring, new product line, you know, new boss. So most of you are going through three to four changes at the same time. But we still need, just like I talked about a boundary action, maybe where we burn the manual, you also have to say, change is done. 
we implement it. Or we've got this, it's now a part of our regular practice, right? right? And so just being able to call a spade a spade and being able to say, we did it. Have a dinner, bring in some popcorn, whatever it takes, movie tickets. I don't care. You'll figure that out. But don't forget to celebrate the change. Yes, declaring victory is declaring a very victory. important piece of the puzzle in a change process. Declaring victory and moving on, right? It, it helps allow people to get in their mind, this is my new reality. Yes. And I did it. Yeah. Uh, we were talking a little bit about lessons learned on the break. One of the ones you had was about how much time to expect on change. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like when you hire a contractor. You mm. have to expect it to take more time and a lot more money, right? <laughs> Although maybe not. Hopefully not. But, but uh, you, you know, you have to be able to really expect that change takes more time than we want. Yeah. Particularly if you want everybody to feel it mm-hmm. and to be changed uh, and be doing things differently, be thinking about the organization differently. So that's an important one. Um, I'll just tell that real quick too. <clears throat> so that doesn't mean don't do the change. It's just this understanding that sometimes slowing down to co-create, spending a little time to make sure the behaviors get, will mean that it will get done instead of you having to come back four and five times and re- rejiggering the change. So know that it's just going to take a little bit longer, but to plan for that. Um, there's a few characters that I think of as to who not to be. Oh, cast characters. Yeah, cast Tell characters. Us, so don't be a vision hoarder. Oh, don't be a vision hoarder. You're the only one that can cast vision. You're the only one that can control the vision. You're the only one that can know the vision. You're the only one smart enough, you know, whatever, to be able to do that. Um, the other character is the micromanager. So ah. we've got the vision hoarder and then the micromanager. So I'm going to tell you exactly how to do what it, how it needs to be done, implementing it in exactly this way. Um, uh don't shove it down their throats. <laughs> Don't shove it down their throat. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure it's digestible, right? And uh, watch the speed. Watch the speed. Yes. Okay, that's all good stuff, Jennifer. I love it. Um, you know, for me, a couple of the ones that, that I go back to, um, we talked about this early, but the, the, or just recently on a song, it's the celebration, right? Celebrate new behaviors. So as soon as someone does it, make sure you celebrate it. You may be like, well, they're supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah, guess what? Most change, the reason they don't do it is because no one noticed. So they tried it. You asked me to try something. Well, I tried it. And then no one said anything. Well, that old behavior was actually easier. So I'm more likely to go back to the old than I am the new. And so when someone does something and and they go and do something, you know, successful, celebrate it. High five right. them, That's you know, right. because otherwise it's a lot easier to go back to that old path than it is the new one. Yeah. So be there to celebrate, especially the first two. After that, yeah, that starts to become the expectation. Catching people winning is so important. People don't know what to repeat and keep doing unless you catch them winning. One we didn't talk about that uh, that I just want to mention is survey often. Do a Mm. pulse check. Mm -hmm. You know, so maybe, you know, if it's a significant change, go through, you know, four questions a week and just get a pulse check. It can be just a checkbox activity. It can be a one to ten. You know, like, how are you feeling about the change this week? You know, if there's, you know, uh, what would you say your mood is on a one to ten? You know, and how, how good do you feel about how the change is going? You can ask those kind of questions and offer open-ended questions. Like, if there's one thing that we do differently to help you through this change, it would be what? And be able mm-hmm. to do some of those uh, quick check-ins. You know, we did, a, a, again, one where we had a change management office. We did it for six months. And we could really track and we could see right when we start to have a little dip, hey, maybe that's time to do to bring in, you know, a town hall discussion, bring in some pizza and celebrate a few of the changes. When we see the next dip, well, maybe then that was the time to say, let's tell you how far you've come. Let's let's highlight a few of the people in the room and celebrate the changes they've already done. And then when we were just maybe just tired in general, we'd have a different strategy. 
But we, the only re- reason we could do that was we were constantly sort of just taking a pulse of those four or five questions. Right. And what, what's helpful about that is that you continue to be able to track your progress. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's true that it's fits and starts. It's three steps forward and two steps back. But keep in mind that's progress. Right. So it, it's okay that there is this give and take with people. Yeah, that's good. I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Um, oh, <clears throat> include the managers ahead of time. So let's say you're higher up in the organization. Yes, please do that. <laughs> you're higher up in the organization. And what ends up happening often is that you're so sort of locked away co-creating, and now you're ready to go to the masses and tell everybody, here's what's happening. Well, what happens is we skip right over the managers that are the ones that are going to be living day in and day out with the folks that we're asking to change. And so bring the managers in, even if it's an org change, if it's a new product, at least the night before, the morning before, and say, here's a few things to know. Here's how we're going to include you in the future. So you can't always, in a let's say it's a reorg of an organization or there's a new boss, you can't always bring them too early in. But even if you can get them an hour ahead of time so they, they're not surprised in the room with them, then it's a better, a better experience for them. Boy, that is so important. So I think we've really covered a lot of ground here, Jeff. Whew. Amazing. Thank you, Jennifer. It's been nice good work. work. Hey, nice well done. Work. Well, high five there. High yeah. five, celebrate. Hey, yeah, I appreciate you doing such a good job of being prepared today, Jennifer, uh, walking us through it. You had good notes, good stories. You rocked the house. So let me just tell you about uh, the upcoming weeks. Next week, Lee Hubert and I, we will be talking about uh, what didn't I do on vacation. This is going to be about some tools and tips about how to set up your vacation, make sure that you delegate it well ahead of time, and how are you going to spend that vacation so you really recharge as we all get into this summer mode, okay? Uh, also, uh, in upcoming weeks, we're going to be doing some things like uh, having John Hagmeyer back on the show. We're going to do some diversity and inclusion to talk about how do we help to support that in our organizations, as well as some uh, you know some best practices and some lessons learned from uh, my own vacations. <laughs> so, um, what I want you to know um, about the book is uh, it is coming out on June the 15th from AHA to All In, Life Lessons from an Unexpected Entrepreneur. John Hagmeyer and I wrote that together with uh, Bill Long, and we're so looking forward to getting the feedback on that. So if you want some information about us for, about us during the week, please come out to our website, VoltageLeadership.com. You can see our blog. We do that weekly on Mondays. We drop that. Throughout the course of the week, we also give you some leadership tips and tools and updates. So if you follow us on Facebook or on our website, you'll get those. If you want to shoot us an email, it's Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com or Jennifer at VoltageLeadership.com, and we'll be sure to get back to you. And if you want to book us for a speech or just want to do some work with us, we'd love to have you. We got some fantastic clients, but always looking to add another client or two. It'd be great. So thanks for listening to us each and every week. You help shape the show. So please feel free to email us at those email addresses and let us know. Tell us about how you're putting these things into practice because we'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, make it a great week, a great week and we look forward to talking to you next week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.